Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and if you are a frequent and consistent listener to Let's Talk About Jesus, we welcome you back. If you're a first-time listener, we welcome you as our very special guest today. Uh, We pray these broadcasts uh, emanating right from our website uh, will help you uh, to become all that Christ has saved you to become. (laughs) He didn't just save you from hell, and He didn't just save you for heaven. He has a purpose in your life today, this very day, for whom He did foreknow. He did predestine to be conformed to the image of His Son. Amen. This great work of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God in our life, uh, working in conjunction with the internal purpose of God today. You know, the Bible said it's God that worketh in you, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. So we take this way beyond, and there's nothing greater in the sense of our salvation. There's nothing greater than escaping hell, and there's nothing greater than having access and obtaining heaven to live eternally and eternal life. But friend of mine, there's a purpose of God that is being realized through this process of escaping and gaining. There is a process going on. For whom he did foreknow, Romans 8 and verse 29. You see, Romans eight twenty-eight says, For we do know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are thee called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, verse 29, he did predestine to be conformed to the image of his Son. And this involves the renewing of our mind. Uh, This involves the transforming of our life. But it begins with the renewing of our mind after we receive Christ as our Savior. You know, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says that I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service, and be no more conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you might prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Well, we know what that good, perfect, acceptable will is when we are transformed uh, through the Word of God, by the Spirit of God, into the image, day by day, from glory to glory, amen, into the image of His Son. Well, uh, you can tell I'm full of things to say today. We're talking about winning the battle for the mind. This is a very real battle. It is something that will go on as long as we are in this world, as long as we are in this body. This battle for the mind is going to continue. Satan wants to have influence. Satan wants to have control. He wants to keep us uh, locked in uh, to the to the mindset that we had before we came to Christ. He doesn't want us to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. He doesn't want us to find that peace 
of mind that comes when we are able to focus on those things that will produce that peace in our life. He doesn't want us to become more like Jesus Christ so the world can see Christ in us and through us. Someone said we're the only Bible that some people will ever be exposed to. They may never pick up a Gideon Bible in a motel room or hotel room, but they will enter. We interact with people on a daily basis and we become the Bible in shoe leather. Hallelujah. Someone said, well, the scripture said that we are living epistles written and read of all men. So God wants to, to cause a mighty work to be done within your life and mine today. And there is a battle for the minds of men and women, boys and girls going on. We find it in the culture and we find it in the church and we find it in our own our own journey, our own spiritual struggles. There's a battle for the mind. Let me read about this in in Chapter 10 of 2 Corinthians, uh, verses 3 and 4 and 5. Listen to it carefully. It said, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And the next verse identifies where initially these strongholds are. It says, casting down imaginations and every high thing or proud thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Oh, friend of mine, the battle for the mind is real. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You see, to be carnally minded is death, the scripture declares. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So this battle that is being fought is a very real and personal battle. Let me read this uh, this warfare scripture in First Peter chapter four verses one through four. Listen, for as much as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself, likewise with the same mind, for he that suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin that he no longer live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. For in time past our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles, which when we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excessive wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries. Wherefore they think it strange that ye run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you. Let me stop and say this again. For as much as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself with the same mind. Scripture says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ the Lord. 
who made of himself no reputation, but took on himself the form, humbled humbled himself, and took on himself the form of a servant, and was obedient even to the death of the cross. You see, we have to be renewed in the spirit of our mind in order to not be conformed to this world, literally pressed into this world's mold. That's why Bible study, that's why hearing the Word of God preached uh, through the anointing of the Holy Spirit so that we get a revelation from God and a realization of the truth in our life. You know, the Bible said in John 8, verse 30 and 31, If you continue in my word, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. If you continue in my word, you will know by revelation through the word of God, by the Holy Spirit, the truth, and the truth will make you free. Praise God. Friend of mine, today there's a very real battle that is raging. And we can't win it with anything and anything of of flesh because we argue not against flesh and blood, Ephesians 6.10 says, but against powers and principalities and rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take Unto you the whole armor of God. And it begins with the belt of truth. You see, this is what is so vitally important today. Knowing the truth experientially uh, and, and, and by revelation and realization, by giving heed to the word of God in our life. Hallelujah. Praise God. So this is where we're going today. Winning this battle for the mind. You know, the Bible said the God of this world has blinded the minds of men lest they would see the glory of the gospel and repent and be saved. The God of this world's target is the mind. The Holy Spirit wants to help us focus our mind on the things that will be so transforming in our life. You know, the Bible said in the Old Covenant, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Literally talking about the mind. Heart and mind are are interchangeably used depending on how it's used. The heart can mean the mind of man. The heart can also mean the spirit of a man. But when it says, as a man thinketh, we see that's about the mind. That's about the soulish part. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And that's why we got to get rid of what I call stinking thinking and begin to be renewed in the spirit of our mind that we might prove or exemplify what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. And when we're exposed to the Word of God and we receive revelation by the Holy Spirit, then then we become renewed in the spirit of our mind and our life begins to be transformed. You know, the Scripture says that as we behold, as in a glass... His face, 
as we behold as in a glass his glory rather we are transformed into his image from glory to glory even by the spirit of god if as we behold reflected to us where we can see amen the glory of god in the presence of Jesus, in the face of Jesus, in the features of Jesus that show us the very person and character of God. We are transformed into His image. In other words, we are becoming what we are beholding. Amen. And that's why our focus needs to be on Christ. Our focus needs to be on all the goodness and attributes of God. You see, the Old Testament writer said, In the multitude of my thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. (laughs) Hallelujah. In the multitude of my thoughts within me, he went on to say, My meditation of him shall be sweet. What we're focusing on, amen, is what we are becoming. And it can lift us up and it can bring us down. And that's why Satan comes to solicit that part of our life that he still has access to. And if we give place to him, he can have influence over Oh, friend of mine, that's why the, the, the writer in the book of Psalms said these words, Soul, why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for he shall yet be the health of thy countenance. A psychologist is saying to someone the other day on one of the films that are out, a psychologist was telling him, what were you thinking about when you were so depressed you wanted to harm yourself? What were you dwelling on? What were you focused on? What were you thinking about? And then he said, when you had the happiest day of your life, What were you focused on and what were you thinking about? You see, this is, this is all a matter of focus. That's why the Bible said, amen, to lay aside every sin and weight that does so easily beset us and run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus or as one Translation says in accuracy of the Greek, listen, looking away from all that will distract and setting your gaze upon Jesus and not just looking to Jesus for everything that we need, which we should do, but consider him, the next verse says, that suffered such a great contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be weary and faint in your own mind. You see, stinking thinking, it's all about me. It's all about me and my hurt, me and my pain, me and my problems, me and my pressures. But when I consider him suffering for me on the cross, it displaces that stinking thinking. I can't complain and whine about my pain and my pressure if I'm focused on his pain and his his crucifixion and his his 
tortured death for my sake. When I think on what he suffered for me, I get rid of the poor old me's. I get rid of the mully grubs. I get rid, oh yeah, all of these terms are all about what I am thinking about me. Me and my pressure, me and my hurt, me and my pain. Oh, I love the song that says, When he was on the cross, we were on his mind. Friend, if we were not on his mind, he could not and would not have endured the cross like he did and stayed on it until it was accomplished. Let me put that in context. Consider him that suffered a great contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you become weary and faint in your own mind. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. What was the joy that was set before Jesus? What was his mindset when he was hanging on that cross, being ridiculed and 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 cursed and and yelled at, if you're if you're uh, if you're the Son of God, save yourself and us. Come down from the cross. Oh, what held him there? The joy that was set before him, and the joy that was set before him was obeying the Father and saving us obedient to the death of the cross. Hallelujah. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Jesus Christ. You know, Paul had that mindset, and he had that focus, and he said the sufferings of this present life and world, and this fallen world, this faulty body, are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us on that day. Sometimes to get through this day, dear friend, you've got to look past it to that day that's coming when we're going to receive the reward of eternal life, eternal bliss, eternal joy with the Lord and our loved ones that have preceded us to heaven forever and ever, age without end. Oh, Paul said the sufferings of this. See, he could have dwelled on the sufferings. He could have focused on all that he went through. He said, he said, if, if any man have reason to boast, I'm more, I, 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 I was a, I, I, I was a Jew of the Jews, circumcised the eighth day according to the law. He said, concerning the law, I was blameless of the tribe of Benjamin, but the things I once counted gain to me, I count them as but dung that I might win Christ. And then he began, to focus past all of the sufferings that he endured. I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, of the trouble we experienced in Asia. He said to the church at Corinth, how we were pressed beyond measure, despaired of life itself, that we might learn not to trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Uh, today you might be going through a heavy trial. You might be walking through a deep, dark valley. And to get through that valley and to, to rise up and praise God in the midst of that trial, you've got to look past this day 
to that day. You've got to change your focus from yourself and your hurt. And believe me, the pain is real. One of the things that I've always kind of, uh, kind of laughed at is when a doctor says this may sting a little. If he's honest, he would say this may, this is going to hurt a lot. A friend of mine, I'm going to tell you, it's not going to just sting a little. It's going to hurt a lot. There are going to be things that are hard to bear living in a faulty body in a fallen world as a Christian. But we have a faithful Father and we can look to Him for the grace and the strength and the peace that passes understanding to take us through it all in great victory. Praise God. Today, it is vitally important that we win through the help and grace of God, through the instructions in the Word of God, through the presence and power of the Spirit of God. Amen. This battle for the mind, for as a man thinketh, we in his heart, so is he. And this battle is raging today. I remember preaching, and so many of us can get caught in this, even as believers, because we haven't had the Word of God preached in power, and we haven't received it by the revelation of the Holy Spirit, and we are not experiencing that transformation that it brings and because we haven't uh, experienced that many of us are trapped in the old mindset of the old man in the old life and God wants us to break free of that and live in that glorious liberty of the children of God hallelujah and stay focused on things above You see, the scripture said in Colossians 3, beginning with verse 1 through verse 4, If you be risen with Christ, here's focus again, listen to it. Seek those things above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God, and not the things of the earth. Hallelujah. Set your affection on things above, and not things of the earth. Seek and set your affections. Jesus put it this way, Lay up your treasure in heaven where the thief can't steal it and the moth can't corrupt it. For where a man's treasure is, there his heart will be also. You see, when we seek the things above, we begin to love the Lord We begin to love heaven more than earth. (laughs) And the prospect of of Jesus coming uh, delights our soul. Even the prospect when the time comes to go and be with him, absent from the body, is to be present with the Lord. We do not look for the grim reaper. We see death as a passage into the eternal home that we will live in forever can't stay here in this old body. We look forward to the day when Jesus comes and we are changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. And and if I should draw my last breath today, my next breath will be drawn in the presence of God. Hallelujah. And I'm focused on that great day coming. There's nothing this world has that could satisfy those deep longings of my soul. And I'm going to declare unto you, 
By the word of God, there's nothing this world has to offer can satisfy the deep longings of your soul. Amen. Until Christ can fill that vacuum and fill that void and we are renewed to that great truth and reality in the spirit of our mind, then we will be caught and trapped in that carnal mind. And friend of mine, I want you to know that it will keep you in a prison and it will it will not let you go until you are exposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ in the power of the anointing and the revelation of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. But when that occurs, transformation comes. And when transformation comes, stinking thinking goes. Amen. And a mighty, mighty change occurs. I preached with a man years ago in Merritt Island. Many of my own people have heard this true story and true experience of mine. And I remember his message before I preached. We preached alternative nights, uh, and he was a, a minister from, from, uh, Chicago, Illinois, where he was, he was a transient, uh, policeman. And he talked about the ghetto mindset that had trapped so many young men and women in the drug culture and the gang culture uh, of, of, of Chicago. Chicago is still uh, trapped by such violence. It's a violent city today. Oh, I'm from Tampa, Florida, and, uh, and, and it's a violent city. And every big city is a violent city today, but particularly in Chicago, this man was talking about a ghetto culture and a ghetto mindset that traps young people and they grow into these, these, uh, these areas that, that would bring their souls into bondage and how they needed the delivering power of God and the transforming power of God that begins with the renewing of the mind. And he illustrated his sermon this way. He said there, in the true story, there was an old lion that had only known his cage in some small little zoo or carnival where he had never known anything but walking 20 paces. He could walk 20 paces one way, turn around and walk 20 paces back. And unless he was sleeping, he walked back and forth, back and forth. His world ended where this cage stopped him from going any further. Twenty paces one way, twenty paces back. That was his world, the only world he ever knew. And when this little carnival or zoo failed, this lion was rescued. He was taken to a lion rescue preserve and he was transported in his cage by a flatbed truck to this place where lions roamed free in acres of land with a water hole and, and foliage and, and freedom to roam free. And they l opened the door to that cage and stood back 
to see what this old lion, who had lived his whole life in captivity, would do. You know what he did when he timidly walked out of the cage? He walked twenty paces one way and twenty paces back. Twenty paces one way and twenty paces back. He was free, physically set free, but in his mind he was still a prisoner of all that he had known. Oh, but as they backed away, he took a step further than twenty. He worked twenty-one and then twenty-two back and then twenty-three out and twenty-four back and he slowly began to be renewed in the spirit of his mind that he was no longer trapped in this cage, that he was free and he began finally to run and enjoy the freedom for the first time in his life. You see, when Jesus saves you, he saves you spiritually. Oh, but he wants to transform your life through the renewing of your mind today. You may have been an addict all your life, and that's all you've ever known is this addiction, and you've never known in your mind that you could possibly ever be free. It may have never entered your mind, but I'm telling you, as you're exposed to the anointed Word of God, and the Holy Spirit begins to renew and change you in the spirit of your mind, you begin to be transformed. Hallelujah. No longer conformed, pressed into the world's mold, but transformed by the renewing of the spirit of your mind. Hallelujah. You begin to see who you are in Christ and who Christ is in you. And you are no longer a prisoner of the, of the enemies, a cage that he has entrapped your mind and heart in. You are set free. Hallelujah, to serve the living and the true God. There's power in this renewing process. And that's why the devil wants to keep you and me trapped in the old man's rubble, as the song used to say. Hallelujah. He doesn't want us to begin to walk in that newness of life and live that transformed life. You know, the Bible said we are buried with him in baptism, but we are raised with him to walk in the newness of life. Ah, friend, if any man is in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. Spiritually, that has occurred. We've been translated out of the powers of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son. And the moment we are renewed to that reality in the spirit of our mind, we begin to enjoy the glorious liberty of the sons of God. The flesh no longer rules us. The devil no longer has that influence in our life over our weak flesh. We reckon ourselves to be dead <laughs> unto sin, but alive unto God. Oh, friend, and there's freedom 
to serve the living and the true God. So don't ever, ever, ever distance yourself from God's house, God's word, God's worship, where your mind can be renewed. Hallelujah. And the world will lose all its sway over you. And heaven will become the mightiest influence in your life. Not this fallen world, not this faulty body, but this faithful Father and this future eternal with Him. Today, if you don't know Jesus, you're just like that lion, you're in that cage. You can't deliver yourself. But you can come to Christ just like you are. You can be forgiven as you repent of your sins. You can be set free and renewed in the spirit of your mind. And you can follow Jesus and you can serve God. And the devil cannot stop you. And come back next week and let's talk about Jesus.